Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Monday morning. Did you have a good Father's Day? Very nice. Thank you. And yours? Yeah, it was wonderful. It was a good day and uh, got to spend a lot of it outside, and it was gorgeous, not humid. It was a perfect day yesterday, so... Real, real nice. How, All about, right. how about sleeping at night, huh? Hasn't oh, this been wake, good? Well, you know what's funny is I woke up this morning, I was driving into work, windows down on the truck, and I was just like, this is like the perfect, absolutely <laughs> perfect morning. They're, they're like the perfect mornings when you go camping, you wake up on a morning like this. Is that Those are the days you do not want to get out of that sleeping bag or hammock, whichever way you choose. All right, so... Of all this hoopla with the surrounding the U.S. Open, I thought it was funny that a uh, young British guy was the one who ended up winning it. He is a Brit, Matt, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, but he also lives much of the time in this country, down in Jupiter, Florida, and he is a member of the PGA Tour. Not an unknown, but yet not a big name. Uh, it is a very significant win for him, Matt uh, Fitzpatrick, because, and, and the announcers made a big deal out of this, that it's his first win on USA soil as a pro. He has won in this country as an amateur. In fact, in 2013, he's the United States Amateur Golf Champion. And that earns for you a place in the Masters, at the U.S. Open, and in the PGA Tour as an amateur. So, as a matter of fact, he has played in those events in the past. So, uh, this time he's there as a professional and wins it in a terrific match. He won at 600 par. (laughs) He had to be chewing on his nails on the 72nd hole, the final hole of the tournament, because Will uh, Zalatoris had a chance to send it into overtime with a birdie putt. And this was a makeable birdie putt. And Zalatoris rolled that ball toward the hole, and Mike, it missed by micro inches. Went right over. He's dreaming about it right now. It was, oh, gosh. It, <laughs> it was right there. Anyway, Fitzpatrick wins the United States Open Championship, and next up is the British Open coming up in mid-July. And Tiger Woods says that he will play in this one. Well, it'll be interesting to see. So, um, in addition to that, the Live Golf Tour has now applied for world rankings, kind of get them on the world stage. Uh, What does Live mean anyway? That's a very good question. Uh, At first, you think, well, it's an acronym for something. It is not an acronym. It doesn't stand for anything. It's the Roman numeral 54. Now, what that means, I must admit, in in maybe Saudi Arabian culture, I don't know. LIV is not just the golf tour. It's their international financial group, backed, of course, by the Saudi Arabian government. Now, maybe 54 has some kind of a mystical meaning in the Saudi Arabian culture. That I don't know. But in the golf, golf portion of it, this is a bit of a stretch, but it's the number of holes that they play on that tournament. It's only three rounds, 54. That's what... That's what leads me to believe that they may not get a world ranking right away out of any of this. And they may not get one anyway. At 54 holes, holes at, uh, uh, 54 holes, I should say, and 54, Mike, on a par 72 golf course, if you birdied every hole, that's the lowest possible score you could get. So maybe, maybe that has something to do with it too. But otherwise, Roman numeral 54, that's what it means. Do they get world ranking? It has to pass through several committees. I honestly don't know. The Live Tour, as it stands now, is really an exhibition. It is not a tour of... Uh, and there's no cut. Everybody makes the finals and so forth and so on. So there are some interesting little facets about it. But I'll tell you one thing. We talked about this on Ned Talk yesterday. The PGA 
had better be coming up with a new plan because this tour is not going away. No, and but you know what with the whole no cut business on this thing, it's almost more like a traveling pro show it, at it that is. point. Exactly because it, the, there is, I mean, yeah, even in the PGA, most everybody's going to make something. But the idea of the cut makes there some sort of level of competition to keep going forward. Everybody on the cut or to the cut makes something. Those who do not don't yeah. get anything for it. But at all. still, I'm mean, well. They're making sponsorship dollars, sponsorship. And stuff like that. But that's but, a different but, story. Yeah, but 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 there's still with this one. If everyone gets paid and there's no cut, it's just hey, look at all these pros and yeah, that guy won. Who cares? It is an exhibition, and what's being made a big name out of it is the Phil Mickelsons and the Dustin Johnsons and people like that who are on this tour. But of the other golfers on there, the vast majority you've never heard of before. Many of them European, Saudi Arabian, uh, Middle Easterners. It, you just don't know any of these guys uh, yet, other than the big names. Okay, what does that mean? Well, the world rankings have to go to individuals who really deserve them. It remains to be seen what the committee decides, but they'll have to make a decision here within the next year or two. For the older guys, it makes sense to me because it doesn't matter if you win or lose. You're going to make money, so you're getting closer to the end of your career. You want to keep that, that flow coming in because you're going to retire eventually. But for the younger guys, it just it, it doesn't make any sense to me. But again, I'm sitting here playing records, talking to Ned Reynolds, and not playing golf somewhere across <laughs> the world. All right, so let's talk about the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Colorado just looks like they want this thing done in two more games. If you, if, if I was going to be honest with you, Tampa Bay better do something tonight. Game three is tonight. It's in St. Petersburg. We'll face off at seven o'clock. Or the Avalanche won that last game seven to nothing. But while it's a big score and it's a rout. It is still just one win. Not just, it is one win. Uh, the more score you have doesn't make any difference. All right, the bottom line is this. The Avalanche skating very well. They are quicker. They are a more finesse team than almost anybody else in the National Hockey League. Tampa Bay, the two-time reigning Stanley Cup champions, a good team. But right now, they are being outclassed, and they have to get that corrected tonight. If they get down 3 nothing curtains in yeah, my opinion. It's, oh, it's done. If they win, if they, if Tampa doesn't win tonight, it's it's over and that uh, cup's going to Colorado. So before last night's uh, Cardinals game, um, the team was, I, I read an article that in nationally televised night games, they were like seven and one, <laughs> which I don't know what that says about them, but uh, they had had some really good momentum. And I really thought yesterday that would continue. Unfortunately, it did not. Yeah. Th- and that's the game of, that's, where I fault the Cardinals because they are not very consistent. Yeah, they won 11-2 to on Saturday night. They, they knocked Boston all over Fenway Park. Here they come out Sunday and fall behind 6-1 to in their game. Now, in the two losses, and the Cardinals did lose two of the three games, both games, both losses, it was interesting because the Cardinals had big rallies in the ninth inning. On Friday night, they were down 6-1. to and came back to make it 6-5, to five, had a chance to tie the game, maybe go ahead, and couldn't get that run across. Yesterday, they're down 6-1 to one again. Uh, Yepes, Juan Yepes, one of the all-time greats, I'm being facetious, played down here last year with the Springfield Cardinals, hit a three-run pinch-hit home run, and who did he pinch-hit for? Albert Pujols. What on earth? Anyway, three-run home run, made it 6-4. to four. Cardinals get a few more hits. They have a chance, two outs. And Boston, this this is really the, the little uh, burr in the saddle for the Cardinals. The kid they bring in, the Boston Red Sox, a kid named Tanner Halk, 
H-O-U-C-K. And he's a pretty good pitcher. He's been around in Major League Baseball as a reliever. Mizzou Tiger. Grew up in Collinsville, just on the other side of St. Louis. Rooted for the Cardinals all his life. Pitches the Red Sox to the wind. <laughs> Does that hurt? But you find that in pro baseball. Yeah, you? well, it's unfortunate they couldn't get two against the Red Sox. But I did like what I see, but I agree with you. Consistency, that might bite them in the end. We'll see. Um, we also had the Royals and Springbirds playing. Neither one of them looking really good right no, now. No, the Royals get beat by the Oakland A's 4 nothing out in California and Kansas City. I don't understand this. They're having trouble on offense, and they're a good offensive team. Only had three hits in the game. They go down to play the Angels in Los Angeles tonight. And here in town, the Springfield Cardinals and the Corpus Christi Hooks are tied 2-2 in the ninth inning. And here comes a kid. We had him on TV the other night on Thursday when we did the game. Will Wagner. He is their second baseman. kid out of Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. And he is a major league legacy. What does that mean? It means his papa played Major League Baseball. Billy Wagner, the old pitcher for the New York Mets and the Houston Astros relief pitcher, really good in his prime. Anyway, Son Will hits a two-run homer. Corpus Christi wins it by a score of 4-2. to two. Springbirds go on the road now, but it's not very far. They're going down to Springdale, Arkansas and play Northwest Arkansas for a week and then come back here for another homestand coming up pre for the July weekend and over the 4th. I tell you, the team is capable of doing some things. They just can't seem to get it together. Well, hopefully you can get out during their next homestay because they've got a lot of cool stuff coming up for that uh, our nation's birthday, if you will, when they return. All right, uh, let's uh, whittle down to college baseball. Um, we got the College Baseball World Series. We still have Arkansas in the hunt. When did they play? They play tonight. They play at 7 o'clock tonight. And they, I beg your pardon, yeah, they play at 7 o'clock tonight against Ole Miss. The preceding game is Auburn and Stanford, and that is a loser's bracket game. The loser of that one this afternoon at 1 goes home. Arkansas is playing well. They had a 17-2 win. Now, I know 17 runs, it's still only one win, but 17 runs show you what the Razorbacks are capable of doing, and they are. They're playing very well. Anyway, they'll play Ole Miss tonight. That's a Southeastern Conference game. They played before this year. So we'll see what happens. That's at 7 o'clock. One team that is gone that does surprise me a little bit is Texas. The Longhorns were gone as of yesterday. They got knocked out by Texas A&M, their arch rival. Oh, boy, does that ever hurt. <laughs> anyway, that is all part of it. The other game last night was a winner's bracket game, and Oklahoma pinned the first defeat on Notre Dame. It was Oklahoma 6, Notre Dame 2, so Notre Dame falls into the loser's bracket now. This is really good competition. Oh, it definitely is, but I'd love to see the Razorbacks get this. That'd be so great, Ned. Well, you have a wonderful day, and I'll see you tomorrow.